0: we oh. hello again everyone welcome back to one patriot place here on wblz sports you're on the air with steven murph you can also find our podcast on fullpresscoverage.com be sure to check out all of their great coverage of not only the patriots but all of the major sports in boston so we have a great guest he's already in the studio with us he's uh a long-time listener but not a first-time caller <laughs> mark Schofield <laughs> is joining us now mark I mean, I could sit here for the next 45 minutes and tell you all of the different places that Mark writes for. But granted, he's out there. He's very visible. And uh, but be sure to check him out on uh, SB Nation and uh, Pat's Pulpit and Inside the Pylon. And I'll just leave it at that. Mark, welcome back to the show.
1: What's going on, gentlemen? Great to be with you. Great to uh, get a chance to talk some football. Uh, we did a little bit of, uh, you know, show before the show. We were talking a little Tom Brady lip-readed, so some coronavirus, some Lysol, some disinfected, some vapid, some hipster stuff. We've been all over the place, so it's going to be a good show. Oh, that's it. Oh Let's God. talk about, Talk about
0: some guys who have ADHD that can't stay on topic. We're all right. over the place we today. We're all over the
2: place. Yeah, that's a- us. <laughs>
0: But anyway, Mark, not, now that we have you, you know, a captive audience here on the show, I mean, uh, when it comes to uh, the NFL draft and especially the quarterback play, you're always our go-to guy, and um, that's what I wanted to jump right in and talk some quarterbacks, because actually I have a question for you, and <clears throat> I know the chances of the Patriots getting Joe Burrow are about as much as I have of becoming the next vice president <laughs> candidate. So we're not going to worry about Joe or even Tua. But when it comes to the guys after that, the one guy nobody seems thinking about is a guy I'd be very interested in, not per se in the 23rd pick, but somewhere in the middle of the draft. I think he's a dynamic football player. I think he's got a lot of versatility. That's Jalen Hurts. And when they're talking about the Patriots, I haven't seen any talk about Jalen Hurts.
1: Yeah. um, And I'm with you on sort of his versatility and what he can bring to a National Football League offense. I mean, you know, when I was studying him to get ready for the senior bowl, I thought, look, you know, he, he's an interesting football player. I'm not sure because of the mechanical issues he has. I'm not sure because of some Thank of the you. inconsistencies I've seen with him and how he reads the middle of the field at times that he's going to be able to make that transition. But then, you know, doubted Mobile. I, I saw a bit of growth from him, you know, not that, The sterilized environment of senior bowl practices are the be-all and end-all of a quarterback's evaluation process. But I saw him show the ability to read the middle of the field better. I saw him show the ability to drop in vertical throws. He had a great connection with a bunch of different receivers that week. Um, So I started to sort of open my eyes and revisit how I was feeling about him. And then, look, you know, again, the combine and throwing routes against air – a very sterilized environment, but you saw the mechanics start to get cleaned up. You saw a tightness to his throwing motion that wasn't there on film. You know, on film when he was playing at Oklahoma, and even dating back to his days at Alabama, he had that real pronounced dip and loop to his <laughs> throwing yep. motion. That was tightened up. You watch his throwing session at the combine, it's gone. He's been working on it. Now, whether that sticks or not remains to be seen because remember, how many times do we hear that all oh, Blake Bortles, he's fixed those mechanics, doesn't have that loop yeah. anymore, and that every time that week one comes along, <laughs> he's got that – There it is. Again, it's back. So, you know, it, it's – sometimes you are who you are as a passer, and when, you know, you're throwing routes versus air, you can clean it up. But once the guys start coming at you and you're running for your life back there, you revert to muscle memory, and that dip and loop comes back. So it remains to be seen whether it sticks or not. But I am sort of impressed with Jalen Hurts. I mean, I've been impressed through him more and more throughout this draft process. And we all know about the person he is, the leader he is, what he meant to Alabama, what he meant to Oklahoma. So you can be certain that when he sat down with teams in Indianapolis, got into those media rooms, those hotel suites, he's probably crushed those interview processes. You get him on the whiteboard, as he did with Steve Mariucci, it seems to know the game pretty well. And if look, if Tom Brady does come back, and they're staring at a situation where he's on the board saying the third round, I'm certainly not opposed to you, you know, drafting Jalen hurts and seeing what he can do because he would also bring an athletic element to the position that the Patriots haven't had that we can be honest here. We're among friends. Tom Brady's not an Uber athlete, but yeah. hurts would bring <laughs> that to you, your offense. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly open to the idea of Jalen hurts provided Tom Brady's back. If it's a, situation and, and where Brady's a follow- not, oh. eh, then you got to work, think differently. Yeah. I mean, and uh, as a follow-up to
0: that, I mean, I, could you see them using him a little bit like the Saints use Hill?
1: You could certainly see that. I mean, you know, we're, we're moving towards, you know, there are so many different storylines to come out of Indianapolis when, when you're out there. I mean, this was my first Combine um but the storylines of the cba the storylines obviously of tom brady but another sort of storyline that was sort of working its way through you know the podium sessions from coaches from general managers and even some of the players is this idea of sort of positionless football right where you know on the defensive side of the ball you have a guy like isaiah simmons who had you know over 100 snaps on the defensive front he had over 100 snaps at slot corner he had you know, 100 snaps or so at, at box safety. He had 13 snaps at boundary corner, for crying out loud. The kid can play <laughs> everywhere. You are seeing that on the offensive side of the ball, too, where you've got guys that maybe they fill out a bunch of different receiver positions or certainly Taysom Hill and what he does. And when you look at Hertz and his athletic profile, we know he's an incredible athlete. You know, he tested very well, You know, not just for the quarterback position, but for a football player as well. You look at what he did in the 40 yard dash, and you've got a guy that can play the quarterback position, but he can also post a 4.59 40 yard dash that's given you a 10 foot broad jump, that's given you a 35 inch vertical leap. Like, that's an athlete. And when you look at Jalen Hurts as a football player, he's somebody that's not afraid as a runner to shy away from contract. He's, you know, people have made this sort of Lamar Jackson comparison to him. I think that's obviously flawed. Lamar's a yeah. run hitter who wants to make you miss as a ball carrier. Jalen Hurts is almost willing to seek out contact as a ball carrier. And so, yeah, if it's a situation where you have Tom Brady back, but you're trying to like provide a little bit of a different look for the defense, line him up in the win put him in the backfield, move him around a little bit, he could certainly provide that role for you as well. Alabama did some of that too. You know, they when the, he was in, you know, still with Alabama, with Tua, they would have some packages where he was used as a running back or as a slot receiver to give the defense a different look, gives the defense one more thing to think about. So, yeah, that, that could be a perfect role for him in the NFL to start out. Yeah, Jalen Hurts
2: is the Earl Campbell
1: of uh, running quarterbacks.
2: That's that's what he does. He goes yeah, out there and he, he wants he to run you like over, knock people down, man. He really wants to run people over, and you got to respect that. But it's not something that that I'm looking for at a quarterback. I'm sorry, <laughs> it really right. isn't. I mean, it, and every it, time I watch his, every time I watch his film, all I can do is is see, you know, Jalen Hurts makes trip to see Doctor David Andrews because he needs. Um, uh, an operation on his elbow. It's it's
1: God, the mechanics just kill me. Just kill but it's me. it's one of those but, things that look if Brady's back and at twenty-three mm-hmm. they actually stay there and make that pick. You could see a guy like a Justin Jefferson or a Denzel Mims. They could get some wide receiver help. Then mm. you know at eighty seven maybe you go tight end Trotman or one of the other kids. If you no know, they don't make any other moves and they're still waiting until one fifteen that pick in the fourth round that Hertz is still there, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all.
2: Okay. All right. Well, I can see that. But somebody that you brought up in a, in a recent article that that I took a close look at myself was one Nate Stanley. Yep. Don't you tell our, um, our our readers, just our listeners, a little bit about Nate and and where they can they can read more about him.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've done some work on it at a bunch of different places, whether it's Big Blue View. Uh, recently did a piece over a Touchdown Wire that came out on Monday about the best fits for, you know, the, the sort of top 11 quarterbacks or so. And that's why I put Nate Stanley was to New England in terms of a best fit for him. I've got some video work on him as well that I did last summer. You know, he's interesting in that I was very curious to see how Nate Stanley looked this year. Because last year he had T.J. Hawkinson and Noah Fan to throw the football to. And when yep. you've got two tight ends that get drafted in the first round, when it gets to be third and six, you're going to throw to one of those guys no matter what. And I wanted to see how he sort of got away from, you know, those guys and how he developed. That and blanket, yep. Yeah, and I, I made the analogy. I actually brought up um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and that scene when. Indiana and his dad Henry Jones are on the dirigible they're trying to get out of Berlin and they're having the discussion about how Sean Connery raised his son he was like I taught you self-reliance and I actually thought like <laughs> we might see self-reliance from <laughs> Nate Stanley this year because he doesn't have these two guys to just look to when the going gets tough and yep. this year I thought he made some strides as a passer if you need somebody to throw a band-aid post route I think he's your guy he rips that route really well I know his quarterback coach, the guy's working with Tony Rakopi. Um, they're working on, and I asked Nate Stanley about this at the Combine, what they're working on. They're working on keeping him more vertical as a passer, keeping his feet under him, keeping everything in tight, tightening up that throw in motion. But if you look at the offense and he runs, a lot of under center stuff, a lot of play action plays with the back to the defense, which is right. stuff you're seeing Tom Brady run. I love seeing when college quarterbacks and quarterback prospects do that because – When you have to take your eyes off the defense, even for a split second to make that fake, you're losing valuable time that you can otherwise be using to diagnose what the defense is doing. So it taxes the quarterback from a processing speed standpoint. And we know the emphasis the Patriots put on their quarterbacks and being able to quickly decipher defense and get the ball out. And so I think if it's a situation where, again, Brady is back and they want to say in the later rounds with some of those picks in the sixth or the seventh when Nate Stanley might still be available – He's certainly a guy that I think would fit in what New England does.
2: I would love him there. I really would. Yeah. I w- I would really enjoy him there. I mean, you 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 wrote that those articles and and I went out and I took a look and I do. And I really like this kid, but I, my quarterback Binky this year and it has been for quite some time is the Georgia kid Jake Fromm. Um how do you feel about Jake transitioning to the pro Pro game and will would he fit in here? I know you you mocked him up. Well, not mocked him up, but you had a, a best fit scenario to Chicago, I think.
1: Yeah. Um, but that being said, look, I, I think there are three situations where Jake Fromm could certainly execute well in the national football league and do it early in his career. And I think Chicago's one, I, I can't get past that idea for him. I think it would be, I think he could play next year for them and he'd be an upgrade for yeah. Mitchell Trubisky, but that might speak more to Trubisky than anything else. I think Tennessee would be a good fit for him. If they want to sort of hedge against Ryan Tannehill, you know, again, you've got that under center play action back to the defense type of stuff. And I do think new England, I think Fromm is going to be a, a bit more of a schematic guy that you need the right fit for. He's not overly scheme diverse. You know, he yep. had a bad week in Indianapolis, but part of that is because the stuff we can see, it's not the areas where he's going to excel, right? He doesn't have a powerful arm. He's not a super athlete. So he runs a slow 40, you know, he he is throwing session. You can see the ball sort of dip when he starts to push it downfield vertically a bit. Yep. But I guarantee you, and when he got into those meeting rooms and he got into those hotel suites and he got on the whiteboard, he knocked it out of the park. He might be he one of the it. best, if not the best quarterback from the neck up, right? Maybe Joe Burrow yep. is probably up there as well. But he was given a ton of re- responsibility at the line of scrimmage. You see him as a freshman making checks, adjusting protections, moving guys around that continue throughout his entire career. The thing that he does really well, I think, is to diagnose the defense, both pre-snap and pro-snap, post-snap, and get the ball out to where it needs to be, which, kids, is kind of the job, right? And it's obviously yeah. a huge part of what New England does offensively. And so, you know, I think he would be a great fit in New England. I think it wouldn't surprise me if he comes off the board earlier than people expect. Everybody's sort of in the, the draft Twitter world. is like, ah, I don't know about this kid. He's probably more of a third rounder. He just screams the type of quarterback that the league is going to love. It just takes one team to fall for him. I was on a Titan show a couple of weeks ago before the Combine. And they're actually entertaining the idea of drafting him with their pick in the first round just because no Tennessee has a ton of needs oh. and he could be a hedge there. I think they go edge. Mm-hmm. I'm working on a mock right now where they go edge. But it mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me. I think the team is actually going to love this kid. So, you know, I, I think From is going to have an NFL future. And the other thing to remember is he's got a great floor to him. He might not have the ceiling of a Herbert. He might not have the ceiling of an Eason or a Love. But he's got one of the better floors in this class. And NFL decision makers—they are risk-averse people. And so, if you're looking at a situation where you could draft a Jacob Eason or or Jordan Love, or wait a little Mm -hmm. bit, address a different need, and like get the nice safe guy that's going to be worst case scenario be your backup for the next ten years, they'll do that. So, I I think Fromm is going to come off the board board earlier than people expect. Good stuff. Good. Great stuff, Mark. Hey, um
0: <laughs> you know when you're talking about quarterbacks, you also talk about guys who're going to protect them. And uh, one of the guys that you did write about, um, the kid from Iowa, Tristan Wirf. Yeah, Tristan uh, Wirfs. I, I mean, uh, he out uh, what was it out vertical leaped most of the wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, I mean what's three hundred and
1: twenty about- pounder?
0: Yeah. It, it, and he ran, a, he ran a really fast 42. And uh, what do you think yeah. about this kid?
1: I think that since this is a Patriots show, we probably shouldn't spend too much time on him because he'll be off the board by like 10. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I mean, this is the great thing, the interesting thing about this draft is if you're a team that doesn't need a quarterback or an offensive tackle, some great talent is going to fall to you. I mean, you're going to see guys get pushed down the board. Like you can see a scenario where, say, a Denzel Mims or a Justin Jefferson or even one of the top three guys like a Judy or a Ruggs falls into the 20s because teams are going to – you've got four great offensive tackles and Werfs is one of them. I'll talk about him in a second. And you've got these quarterbacks. Guys are going to get pushed down the board. Werfs is interested in that. You know, people are talking about how he might need to move to guard, which I think is incredibly insane. But if you're going to talk about a position switch for this kid, heck, move him to tight end. He ran a yeah. eight. He had a 10-foot <laughs> broad jump. He had a 3-cone of 7.65, which is better than a lot of other, like, skill position players. A vertical of 36. And he did it at 320. And what's 320. amazing to me is people talk about the bench press. Oh, he only had 24 reps of the bench. I've retweeted this video from last summer. I can't tell you how many times now over the past couple of days. He did 450 on the hand clean for four last summer. I mean, if you want to test explosiveness and functional athleticism and strength for the football game, test guys on the hand clean. Because reps at 450, that's insanity for a guy. Because you need to have the footwork and the lower body and upper body strength work together to do that. And I've Brandon Thorne, I love this guy. Offensive line guru, he's always at OL Masterminds, does work for Establish the Run and the Athletic. He's been telling me for years, the NFL needs to move towards testing, whether it's the squat or the clean rather than the bench, because it tells you more about functional strength for the football game. And I was at uh, Peter King's tweet up on Wednesday night out in Indianapolis, and he said, look, the league's entertaining, moving away from the bench. I think Tristan Werfs is a great example of, you know, test these guys for stuff that actually translates to the football league, because – When you play football, when's the last time you were lying on your back and, like, pushing somebody up? Like, it it doesn't translate, right? And you could say, oh, well, maybe you're jamming a receiver. Well, or, 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 you know, pass blocking. You know, lower body and upper body strength working together is a better indicator of what you're going to do on the football field. And so I think either the squad or the clean or both of those would make more sense. Worf is an incredible talent. Stick him at left tackle. He makes a ton of sense. Iowa, their offense, they run both gap power and zone design, so he's familiar with Mm. both if somehow he falls to 23, they better not yep. hesitate to draft. Oh this game. And I know people are saying, look, you've got Isaiah Wynn. Great. You need two tackles in the NFL. Right. You could be the other guy. Like you could put, he could play right tackle. And I know, look, there might be a little bit of a, a situation where, you know, you have to make the adjustment from left to right and no offensive line. Twitter is going to probably say, look, it, it, they, they've they used a colorful analogy, shall we say of, you know, if you're, made the switch from left tackle to white right tackle it's like learning to wipe with the other hand and i'm sorry if anybody's eating while they listen to this but it's a great analogy you know so there would be a transition if he has to play right tackle but look at what the kid could do athletically he could do it so yeah if he falls to 23 god turn in the card please gosh please please please
2: i'll lose my mind i'll lose it like i I saw for stephon to it if he's there and they don't grab him there
1: well,
0: when I when I saw the vertical, it was came across Twitter. I thought it went, must have been a mistake, because I'm like, no, 320 pounders jumping, you know, almost 37 right.
2: inches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I necessity. paused and, and rewound. You know, yeah. oh my god,
1: I can't oh hit a golf god. ball that high.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that was just one of the things that stood out. I mean, it was like, oh mm-hmm. my. This guy is a specimen, and Iowa, so you know he can run block. Yep. <laughs> you know,
2: Mark, let, let's stick with the offensive line because I really think that's where the Patriots, you know, definitely need to to address early and often in this draft. And, and my my Binky this year on the offensive line is Cesar uh, Ruiz out of Michigan. What did you think of him at the combine? Uh, is he a possibility here in New England. I I love his versatility. He's played center and guard. And it's, oh, God, I just think he put him in there, you know, day one. And he's, he's a guy that's going to produce for this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that if they look to address interior offensive line, he has to be at the top of their board like and you know talking to him hearing him speak at his podium session he talked a lot about the loss of his father and you know really yeah. went into depth about so you know, how his dad passed away um when he was just eight um his dad had pulled over to help somebody who had a flat tire and then you know somebody yeah. actually barreled into them you know really sad story but he wanted to detail about how his dad lives on through him and how proud his dad would be, you know, seeing him at the combine with a chance to live out his dream. But it's the versatility, I think, that would make him attractive to many teams, including New England. Because, like you said, played both guard and center. New England obviously has questions at both of those spots right now. We. We expect Joe Tooney to get a massive offer in the free agency market, and we don't know if New England's going to match that. You have David Andrews with his his health situation. We're hearing Ted Karras might be attractive because it's not the best interior free agent market this year. You've got a guard, Brandon Sheriff, and Joe Tooney, and that's pretty much it. So a guy like Karras might get an attractive deal. And so you hope that David Andrews will come back indications are that he's going to be good to go, but you're still going to need depth behind him if you lose both Tooney and Andrews. We don't know what they have in Hilde Froholt. We expect that he's going to be something I liked him on film, but obviously we didn't see much from him last year. So that's a question mark. If Ruiz is there at 23, I think he's a very enticing option for New England because of his versatility, because of the question marks they have in the interior, and because of the fact that if you're picking a non-quarterback at 23, it means Brady's back. And what does it mean you need to protect him? And how do you protect Tom Brady? You protect the A gaps. So you get a guy like right. Cesar Ruiz. I, I was very impressed by him. I was impressed by him on film. You know, he's a guy that's gotten some first round buzz. Um, maybe he falls to the second. But I think if he's on the board at 23, New England doesn't have other pressing needs. He's certainly in play that's it and i i
2: I'm in total agreement that I, a lot of people are saying that that he's a second round talent but at 23 between 23 and and 33 what 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 really is he's the right. difference when he fits what you want to do and and can play so many different positions and we all saw last year what happens when you don't have enough talent depth at those yeah. positions and it just it just killed tom and it killed this offense on so many different levels and i would love to see him go that way a lot of folks are talking um tight ends and I'm going to go outside the box here bud um Chase Claypool the wide receiver out of Notre Dame and yeah. he is he he could be the joker that 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 you know I've been wanting since you know forever right now he, he can just do it all what did you think of Chase Claypool and where is he going to fall in this draft
1: well, he might benefit from the fact that this is not the best tight end class. I mean, right. you know, we, we look at like guys like Adam Trotman, who I think is a very good tight end. I don't think he gets into the first round. You know, no. look at some other guys like, you know, you could look at, say, a player like Albert O, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I don't have the pronunciation <laughs> guide in front of me. But, you know, he's a very good tight end. You know, made a splash as a redshirt freshman. You know playing down in the SEC, but kind of sort of fell off from there. And while he ran look a four, you know, the forty that he ran was very quick for a tight end. So you wonder, look, he's got some athleticism. Anytime a tight end posts a four, four, nine, forty, you're thinking this could be a matchup guy, six, five, two fifty-eight. No, but still there are question marks about him. Bryson Hopkins, more of that move type guy. Cole Komet mm-hmm. needs to clean up the block. there's not the well-rounded tight end you want to sort of draft a 23, I think. So like you said, you might have to think outside of the box. Claypool was fantastic. You know, tested, you know, Kent Lee Platt, who is on Twitter, at Math Bomb, does his sort of relative athletic scoring. And, you know, it's a scale of 10 out of 10 where you look at all the factors. And as a wide receiver, Chase Claypool had a 10 out of 10. You know, the best yep. score amongst wide receivers. Because you see the 40-inch vertical, the 10-foot broad jump, the four-four-three, and the 40. That's great for a wide receiver. Now, imagine that at tight end because he measured in 6'4", 235. Eight, like on the lighter side, but somebody that's been asked about playing tight end, he says he's a wide receiver first, but also he's very open about the fact he's a very versatile player. And even if you just use him as a big slot type guy or a move type tight end, that's a mismatch nightmare waiting to happen. And so, I think if you do sort of think outside the box, he would be a good fit for New England, whether it's at eighty-seven or you know maybe they trade back into the second round. I think that would entertain that option. I think he could be that Swiss Army knife type piece that you can move all over the offense. We know the Patriots place a high premium on, you know, matchups and finding and exploiting advantageous matchups for their offense. And he's a willing blocker, you know, as a wide receiver. You saw him do that. Right. He was willing to do it on the boundary. And the other thing, guys, what does Belichick stress? Three faces, right? He's a special team's ace. He will contribute yes. on day one as a special teamer. So, yeah, I think that the Patriots must have their eyes on this kid at some point of the draft and for a variety of different roles.
2: Um, wh- one more guy that I wanted to talk about that did not have a really good combine at-, at this position was Jared Pinckney, the guy out of Vanderbilt. I liked his tape during the season, but um, uh, he did- he didn't test real well. Uh, he he came out he ran this a uh, real slow 40 time and then opted out of the rest of the um of the drills do you do you know why and how is that going to affect him um when when draft day rolls around
1: well i think one of the again i mentioned sort of the storylines in indianapolis i'm sorry and... i
2: promised you i promised you fluff today and
1: we're not no 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 look garbage. I Look, we don't do fluff here, okay? This is a fluff. I know, I know. This is a fluffless show. One of the storylines about Indy is the agility testing on the whole was down. And the new schedule is playing a role in that. I I talked to a couple of Mm -hmm. different agents who said that, look, you know, doing this in prime time, yeah, it's great for the NFL. It's great for TV ratings, yada, yada, yada. But you've got to sit around all day and then start testing at like 4 in the afternoon when you've had like a full day of interviews and stuff like that, you're going to see guys post poor numbers. And I think it's, Mm -hmm. I don't know this definitively, but I think for a guy like Pinkney, he's saying, look, I just ran a slow 40. Now I got to wait till like prime time to run my agilities. Forget it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to risk that. I'm going to do it in my pro day and I'll post better numbers. And a lot of agents are saying that, look, you know, if they keep this schedule, if we've got guys that we know are first round talents, we're not going to let them do it. You know, we'll have our tier two and tier three guys do it because they need it. Because if they test well, they'll move up boards. But if you are Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus just put out a tweet in like the last hour or so that talked about how, you know, to sort of use the combine numbers. And if you're a good guy on film and you have great combine numbers, great, your stock's up. But if you're a good guy on film and you've got bad combine numbers, your stock's going to take a hit. And so these agents and these players, they're looking at, Things just like we are, and they're seeing guys late in the day is, not is testing well. better than well. testing poorly. Right, because at least there's the question mark, that blank <laughs> to be filled in, that box to be checked on the scouting report. But if you run a slow 40, if you run a poor three-cone, there it is. And, yeah, you may do better at your pro day, but people are going to say, oh, it's the pro day, whatever. He didn't do it when the lights were on, the bright lights were on, and he didn't test when he needed to. And so you'd rather leave that blank than have that filled in and filled in poorly. I think Pickney's an, a, good, a good talent. You know, all SEC a year ago at Vanderbilt that says something about you because again, it's the SEC, it's the conference. But the yep. tested numbers, I think they took a hit. So we'd rather say, look, I'll do it at my pro day rather than post a bad number. Steve? Well, when you know when
0: we're we're t- we're looking at some of these guys, out there was was there anybody that stood out as kind of a, a good surprise to you, and is anyone that stood out to you that maybe? didn't test as well that you thought they would.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think sort of when you look at standout players in terms of the testing, it's hard not to start with the two small school safeties. I mean, Kyle Duggar and Jeremy Chen, Duggar obviously from Division Two, Duggar from um, the FCF school, Southern Illinois. Those guys crushed it. And, you know, safety might not be a pressing need, but it is perhaps a need for New England. And both of those guys showed on film, and then obviously with their testing and their athleticism, the ability to fill both a box safety-type role and a deep Mm -hmm. middle-of-the-field safety-type role. I mean, you're looking at guys that – I mean, Jeremy Chin. And, you know, I've said this before. I've quoted it before. I've talked Mm -hmm. about this. The way in at Mobile for the Senior Bowl is awkward because you're in a you know a convention center. They get the bleachers set up. They come out in their underwear. It's a bit awkward. But Brian Perez from NBC Chicago, he wrote it. I fully agree with it. Jeremy Chin was the most rocked up defensive player down there. I mean, the guy could go into being a Calvin Klein model if the whole football thing doesn't work out. I mean, the guy's perfectly <laughs> assembled. But yep. what does he do in Indianapolis? A 41 inch vertical, an 11 foot six inch broad and a four four that's insanity mm-hmm. but you it's can crazy. put that guy down in the box because he's got size and length look he's six three two twenty you could put him as a free safety and he will get you sideline to sideline i mean that was incredible and you know dugger the other small school safety he tested extremely well as well you know when you're seeing somebody that comes in measures well four four nine forty two inch Vertical, 11-foot broad at 6 feet even, 217. I mean, those guys did extremely well. Um, I think Derek Brown, the interior defensive lineman from Auburn, didn't test as well. And I think it's going to be a situation Mm -hmm. where people might sort of overthink it a bit. They might say, well, you know, yeah, he's good on tape, but didn't really test well. So he might slide a little bit. New England could benefit from that because you could see a team, a situation where like say right. Jacksonville at nine or, you know, Atlanta, I think it's 16. I mean, I'm doing a mock right now for USA today, touchdown wire where I've got them coming off the board at 16 to Atlanta. I mean, a situation where you've got Grady Jarrett and Derek Brown to contend with on the interior of a defensive line. Like, good luck blocking that up. Like I know Atlanta <laughs> yeah. needs edge help but you can create edge help with those two guys on the inside command and double teams. And so again, it's going to be a situation where I think we're going to see talent push down the board. And so I think Brown might've had a bad combine, um, you know, didn't test. Well, I mentioned from, you know, a situation where he didn't test well. And I think you can't talk about guys that had bad combines without the tight end from USF Mitchell Wilcox, who took the dome shot during the gauntlet drill. I mean, anytime you take a, you know, a fastball to the face, on national television, like he did, you're going to get mentioned as one of the, you know, guys that has some work to do after the combine. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It doesn't hurt at all. Um, One of of the guys that, (laughs) that I really loved at, at in the interior defensive side of the ball was was Khalil Davis. What what did you think of Mr. Davis and, and what he was able to do?
1: Had a very good combine. Um, What was interesting was in, in talking to Darian Daniels, one of his teammates, um at nebraska he talked a lot about the twins you know khalil davis and his twin brother um he talked about you know how they're just crazy you know they're they're just crazy they're just insane um and he said basically look you've got to be a little insane to play this game and those guys do that like he was talking about moments where they'd be like you know shoulder might be out of place but they're ready to go and get back onto the field you know tested very well um you know came in perhaps a little bit undersized but a four seven six at six one three oh eight That's moving for a big boy. Mm -hmm. And so you see some explosiveness in the way he tested. You know, he didn't do the jumps and the agility stuff. But I don't think you need to when you post a four seven six at that size. I think he looks good on film. You know, interior defensive line might be a need for New England. He's somebody I think would fit that bill.
2: Could Willie Gay slip down to the the Patriots linebacker out of Mississippi? With with, the issues that he's had off?
1: Yeah, I mean, Um, because... I think he'd still be a risk at 23. Anytime you fracture your quarterback's orbital bone in a fight, and you have some issues as well, I don't think you're coming off the board in the first round, even though he exploded. Um, Does he get to 87? I meant meant in the the second. If they...
2: they yeah, if they pick yeah, up a I second mean, round pick if somehow, they pick up a second
1: round pick, I think that's a place where you'd want to put it because you know when you have these guys that have some of the character issues, you need to post a good number. You need to post an incredible combine. Willie Gay did that. I mean, look yeah. at what he posted: the four four six in the forty thirty nine inch vertical, eleven foot four inch broad. I mean, doing that at six one two forty three that's pretty impressive. Um, so you really need to sort of crush that to give a team the hope that okay. He's a character risk, sure. You know, he's got some red flags in his background. But you look at what he did right. on film and you look at this testing, Jeez. these testing results, you'll take a flyer. What he does that. in space is just yeah. unbelievable. Man, I, mean, look, I, this, I actually this...
2: get an erection, you know, no, watching this kid no freaking like play in, in space, man. It's amazing. This is a, and he, this is know, is a space oh. and
1: athletic game right now. And, you know, Mike Mayock, one of the best people to listen to when you get out. How much a, did we miss Mike? Like oh. This. oh, We miss him a ton. But, you know, his, his podium session was great. He talked about matchups and positionless football. And you just want guys that are dynamic players on the offensive side of the ball. And what do you do as a defense to counteract that? You need the same type players. And he was obviously talking about Isaiah Simmons, who, my goodness. I mean, talk about a guy that made some money this week. But Willie fits that mold as well. The explosion, yeah. the, the dynamic playmaking on the defensive side of the ball. With the testing to back that up, yeah, I mean, I think he's played himself into the second round. Could he get into the first? I mean, maybe depending on how things fall, but I think if New England picks up a second rounder and they want to address, you know, dynamic playmakers on defense, yeah, he's in the mix.
2: There you go. I just, oh man I I can't stop watching this kid I keep backing up film after film and and seeing what he's able to do and and you just talked about it you know positionless football and that's the way the 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 entire league's going and we saw it last year with this defense and there are definitely holes that that this kid could fill you just gotta you know fix his head you yeah. know fix his head and I think he he could have a fantastic career it's just it's it's really. Uh, frustrating when when you see an athlete like this and then flags like that get thrown up and, and oh man I would love the the Pats to to pick up a second rounder and maybe take a gamble on him It's not like Bill hasn't gambled in the past on on other guys not not maybe character issue guys but but guys like that Steve
0: You know one of the guys that Mark that people were talking about that was a kind of a faller. Um, you know, and again, we take a lot of this with a grain of salt when you're talking about, uh, you know, guys working out in their underwear, whatever you want to say, you know, um, Trey Adams from, um, Washington, you know, what do you think about this guy? And, you know, he didn't test exceptionally well, but, um, what do you think about him if, if he starts to fall?
1: I mean, Adams is interesting to let in that if you think of, sort of the, the scouted cycle, right? You look back at summer scouting from a year ago when people were starting to get ready about, you know, the upcoming draft class, this draft class. People were sort of high on Adams. You know, really looked like he had the toughness, the tenacity, the length to be a good offensive tackle in the National Football League, you know, good finisher and things like that. The problem with Adams and sort of the red flags that are raised, and this was pre-tested, he's got an injury history. You know, he's got the Mm -hmm. ACL, you know, he's got another lower body injury. He's got a back injury as well. And so he's missed significant time. And, you know, when you have those red flags and then you come into Indianapolis and you do what he did out in Indianapolis, which was not test well at all, it's going to raise some issues. And then there's the issue of, and this might go in one of two ways, but you can find it on Google. This is somewhat of a family friendly show, but apparently during his interview, and this is out on videotape, he was asked if there was one body part on his that he would change, and he had the ultimate guy answer, and you know, maybe <laughs> that works for an organization, maybe they're like, look, you know, hey, he's, out know, there, like, he realizes his limitations, I don't know, maybe that works, I don't oh. know, but yeah, th- there are some questions, for this kid. I think he's got, you know, good size, good length, good ment- mental approach to the game, but he does have some questions, <laughs> maybe he more just so found now it. to answer, <laughs> yep. That's, uh, <laughs>
0: I don't know. Uh, hats off to him if if he's
1: had in a interview process. But uh, I mean, look, yeah, it's the world. The combine, the whole pro draft, NFL draft process is the world's strangest job interview. And if you've got the confidence to stare an NFL general manager in the face and give that answer, hey, you know what? Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's not a red flag at all. Maybe that's a green flag. It
2: is. There it is. There you go, man. Wave that green flag and let's go. Yeah, I, I, I don't see him him cracking the top 100. Do you?
1: I don't think so. Um, uh, Given, you know, given the offensive tackles and some of the guys that have really sort of demonstrated that they can play at a good level. I mean, you know, we're talking about guys like Ezra Cleveland, who had a very good combine, you know, the kid from Boise State, you know, he tested extremely well. Hakim Ajendi, the, the Kansas kid, the tackle-slash-guard, he tested yeah. well. I mean, Josh Jones from Houston, he was getting a lot of attention with what he did at the Senior Bowl. You know, he the tested well. You know, Matthew Part, the the UConn kid, also tested well. There are going to be a lot of offensive linemen that could go in the you know first two days of this draft, and it might push a guy like Adams down the board. And, again, if he's there at 115 and you haven't dressed offensive tackle, you feel like you're pretty comfortable overall, but you want to take a flyer on a kid, yeah, sure. Somebody that
2: I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on is Tristan Wirfs. What did you think of him? Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, love sure. I mean, that's one of those scenarios where, you know, people often joke when stories come out, a negative story comes out about a prospect that Belichick is somehow behind the scenes, like pulling the strings. Right. You know, a story comes out about like a, a prior arrest or something, you know, people are like, Oh, there's Belichick. He's releasing it. So the kid falls down the board, you know, if if something would arise where Tristan Wharf somehow falls to 23 again if they yeah. wait more than half a second to turn that card with his name on it, I'm flying to Foxport and slap somebody in the face with a dead fish. Because
2: <laughs> there look, you go. I, the kid I, I love is, the fact that Mark monster. gets my sarcasm like practically <laughs> nobody else on the planet. <laughs> yeah, but I would actually. Do you think Bill might – If he starts dropping, if he's there at 15 or 18, would Bill actually consider trading up for this kid? I know we don't need. You know, I mean, there's there's need at offensive tackle. But everybody's talking about guards and everything. But, but worse is just like, just,
1: you oh know, my God, it's, it's one of those things where you look at, you know, I, you've got Isaiah win at left tackle, right? And everybody said, look, maybe he needs to kick inside the guard, but he showed that he can play left tackle in the national football. League. Now, a lot of people are saying the same thing about, you know, Tristan worse. Maybe he needs to kick inside the guard. I still think he can be a tackle in the national football league. But mm-hmm. if one of your biggest problems in training camp next year is Okay between Tristan Wirfs and Isaiah Wynn, which one is your left tackle, which one is your right tackle, which one do you kick inside the guard? That's not a bad problem to have. And Ben Folin, you know, he had the, like, eight things the Patriots need to do that he wrote, and he said one of them is a need that they need to move Isaiah Wynn inside. I don't think that's a need situation. It's a heck of a nice plan C or D. And if plan A could potentially be Tristan Wirfs at left tackle and Isaiah Wynn at your left guard spot, I'm okay with that. But if the plan right now is no matter what we're moving, Isaiah Wynn, that's a different story. But if the situation arises where worth starts to fall and he gets into that you know, 15, 16, 17 range, then, again, go get the kid and figure it out in training camp.
0: Right. Oh, that, that, he, um, that would be a coup, I think, at oh, 23. Yeah. I know. mean, the
1: thing is, though, if he starts falling to that range – the the Patriots would not be alone in trying to get up to go get the kids. So the cost (laughs) might have to be prohibitive anyway, but yeah, that would be a nice problem to have.
2: We're realists, we are. We really are. But we also we? we're also dreamers. We are. We are dreamers. Um
1: <laughs> we try <tried>
2: to be. <laughs> you mentioned you mentioned earlier that this was your the first combine that you got to attend, man. Is somebody else who attended their first combine since they were in it, it was Troy Brown. Uh what can we read into Troy being down there is this just being, you know, part of the gang and and in the click or or is bill looking to troy to play a bigger role in in scouting this year
1: no i i think there is that i think that if you look at historically the patriots and their success or lack thereof of a sort of evaluated and making wide receiver picks mm-hmm. you might want to have a different set of eyes and ears in the room right you might want to have a wide receiver's eye on it to say look you know traditionally these are the things that we value at the position, whether it's a three cone, whether it's, you know, a short shuttle, whether it's route running, whatever it is, however they've done it, maybe they want that different set of eyes. And the Patriots are a very forward-thinking organization. And if you're not constantly self-scouted and constantly reevaluating how you address prospects and how you evaluate different positions, particularly one where it seems like you've missed more often than you've hit, I think it right. behooves you – to get somebody else in the room to give you a different perspective on it. And who better than a guy that has played the position that has had to sort of create himself as a wide receiver in the national football league, obviously given the special teams and how he started, you know, his, his NFL career, somebody that obviously played the defensive back position as well. And so he knows not just as a wide receiver, what works, but as a defensive back, what works against you. And so I think it makes sense to get him in the room. Does it mean that they're drafting a wide receiver at 23? no, but I think it shows some self awareness, similar to say a Trey Adams and his self awareness.
2: Fantastic.
1: Hey, um, he... uh, one one quick question:
0: Should we read anything into before the uh, the combine? Belichick making a stop at Middle Tennessee State to, to work out the, the
1: defensive end outside linebacker Tyson Render. I mean, it, it just shows you the. Ability, like even though like we just talked about with the wide receiver room maybe they have missed on wide receivers and they need to sort of reflect on how they address that position and evaluate and scout that position but one of the things we always talk about when i come on and you know smart patriots fans and people who cover the team know that the patriots do an incredible job at sort of casting a wide net both in their pro scouting department and in their college scouting department i mean malcolm butler division two cornerback for example Comes up and makes one of the best plays, if not the best play in Super Bowl history, and you get, you find him in uh, as an undrafted free agent. And so the idea that Belichick, with most of the team in Indianapolis, would make you know sort of this strange little pit stop down to Middle Tennessee to check out this edge offensive outside linebacker hybrid type player tells you that look, if you're a good football player, the Patriots are going to somehow find a way to find you, and it shows you that Belichick is not you know he's a confident in his guys that he leaves behind at the combine and b sees something in this kid that he wants to get his own eyes on him like forget sending you know his son or somebody on the defensive room or casario or somebody like that down there he wants to see this kid up close so i think we should read two things into that one they always cast a wide net and two if belichick's there in person he must like this kid
0: yeah, I mean, you know, it, it kind of raised a little bit of eyebrows. I mean, yeah, you know, you I see mean, Bill on a rainy day, all by himself, the, the other you know, thing down there sort in Middle uh, Tennessee, working out this kid. Yeah, and I'm they didn't there. publicize that he was going at all, which kind of led me to believe that, you know, they actually do have some serious interest yeah. in this.
1: I mean, look, they've they've done that before, where. You know, they've sometimes brought in, or at least worked out, a veteran. You know, because that they either like him, or they've had some connections with him, or his team. And they think, look, look, you know, if we work him out, teams are going to get their eyes on him, right? And so maybe it's another situation where they either know somebody, or you know, they know somebody on his his representatives. They thought, look, if we work this kid out, you know, eyes are eyeballs are going to get shown his way. Now, if they were just throwing the kid a bone. Again, it would probably be somebody not Belichick. The fact that it was Belichick makes me think that there's more to it than just, oh, we're giving the kid a solid.
0: Exactly, yeah. And, uh, you know, and the coach down there said he worked him out for three hours. So, yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's not just checking the block. He actually no, spent some and, time with And
1: I'm sure a lot of Patriots fans are like, but he could have been on the phone with Tom Brady for those three hours. What does <laughs> oh, <God>. that mean?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: well, we we couldn't go the whole hour
2: without having a Brady right. question. So yeah. and no, that's it. We, we we're really done couldn't. now. Yeah, we are. We're, yeah. We're, we're we're done. We're absolutely done. Um, <laughs> two part two part question, Bud. Um, how important was it for Casserly to to get a new deal here in in you know solidifying the casario i've been saying doing that for charlie castle years yeah. now. i was like did you uh, get a
1: new nfl network gig like, yeah like, no I, no I, no no
2: no. i'm sorry i was i was reading <laughs> you know mock-ups earlier and it was just with no higher
0: charlie Cassidy. boy that, that yeah would be I, I will i'll quit
2: i will i'll quit <laughs> yeah that's you a know, Nick deal <laughs> yeah, I mean, how important I, was that was that to get done
1: <laughs> i think it was important because you know Every December, you know, his name comes up, you know, teams that might need a new general manager, teams that might need a new, you know, player personnel department, whatever. Um, His name comes yep. up. And it makes sense because, again, for the reasons we've talked about, you know, for the reasons that Bill Belichick was at Middle Tennessee State in a rainstorm to work out a kid nobody had ever heard of before. Uh, unless you're really one of, like, the true draft gurus. Like, you hadn't – I hadn't heard of this kid before that, so. um no. No, they they cast a wide net. They do a great job, both pro and college scouting. You know, yeah, they miss on picks, but so does everybody. Like, it, it's such a crapshoot the NFL draft. I mean, we don't know what we're doing. It really is, you know. So, you know, it, it was important to lock him up. It gives him some continuity going forward in in the front office, and it's one less thing that we got to get asked about, or we got to ask Belichick about, you know, come December.
2: There it is. There it is. And one one last thing. Scar was down there. He's still working with the team in some capacity, at least with with scouting and through the Combine. Um, any any chance that he changes his mind and says, yeah, screw it, let's do one more.
1: <laughs> I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it yeah. before, right? Where he stepped away, retired, and then, you know, look. We're, we're amongst friends here, right? You can imagine oh, a situation yeah. where suddenly you're home, you haven't been home for a while, and you're like, you know what, I'm looking around. I got the to-do list in front of me. I had the grocery yep. list. I'd rather be back at training camp. You know, yeah, so the, the wife happened? just set
2: up her home office yeah. in the other You're room. Like, and- I'd rather <laughs> just,
1: I'm going to find a way to get back to work. I know that I've earned the retirement and to relax a little bit. Yep. But I mean, come on, guys. We've all been
0: you know, He could be at home and his son could be you know, taking the uh, Lysol canister Take the and spraying the Lysol, spray Lysol for the down. dog.
1: Yeah. He was just like, you know what? I don't need this. I'd rather go out and throw footballs at centers when they snap the ball when I'm not expecting it and chase them all over the field like you did with Ryan O'Callahan. So, yeah, I mean, I, I – it wouldn't surprise me at all. The fact that, you know, it was interesting being around the Patriots beat writers this past week. I got a lot of time with them. Um we're not going to talk Brady, so we're, I'm just going to move past that. But thank you. The fact that Scar was on the plane, the fact that Scar was out there, you know, a lot of people have kind of believe that. Look, you know, if nothing else, he's going to have some serious influence on what they do with the offensive line this offseason. You know, when he met with when Cesar Ruiz met with the Patriots, Evan Lazar asked the question. Yes, Scarnecchia was in the room, so I think that tells yep. you that they're going to rely on his eye at least through this draft cycle
2: fantastic man i love god big shout out to EZ for asking that question man. that was great look man that,
1: it's one of those things like again since this was my first combine i was i was prepped for it but i wasn't ready for the amount of did you meet with team so-and-so did you meet with team so-and-so because that's what yep. these beat reporters gotta do you know because that's the stuff that yep. would get clicks oh you know the patriots met with joe burrow they're not gonna draft joe burrow they probably no. met with joe burrow because they wanted to hear about you know christian fulton the defensive back, what was it like throwing against him in practice? You know, what was it like throwing against Justin Jefferson? A lot of these yep. meetings are there to get information on either guys they played against or teammates, you know. so But the beat's got to ask it. Huge props, like you said, to Evan Lazar for having that foresight, asking not just the Patriots question, but the SCAR question. I love that. Evan, right. look, man, the kid's going places, man. The kid was running over oh, the, the convention doubt. center, like just crushing it left and right. It's one of those situations where it's like, like, Trey Adams, man, I know my limitations. I'm not keeping up with with Evan Lazar, man. I'm just not doing it. <laughs> not at our age. Now without a little blue pill. Yeah, there um, we go. Yes. Speaking of which, I did see the Jerry Jones party bus out and about. Oh. Downtown okay. Indianapolis. Tweeted out and put out in the Gram as well. You had that Cowboys party bus. Rolled up to oh, St. Elbows late night. Rolled up to Prime late night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a <laughs> what fun did, what time what did you
2: think what did you what did you think of your first St. Elmo's dinner
1: oh man it was fantastic it was absolutely fantastic I mean you know it's a must right the, the shrimp cocktail it really the is dinner and what was great was you know I was smart you know I you know I take bites at the end I was sitting there were a group of six of us Thor Nystrom from uh, Roto World he was sitting next to me he's like all right guys I'm going all in for the last one And just digs the entire shrimp, digs it through all the rest of the cocktail sauce that was down there, throws it in and spent the next 15 minutes crying with, you know, tears streaming down his face because the horseradish, (laughs) it really hits you. But I will say this, the first thing I did once I paid, you know, my portion of the tab. Was to get on mm. Amazon.com and buy the St. Elmo's gift pack with, you know, yep. the steak season and blend, the Harriet Izzy steak sauce, the creamy horseradish, and the shrimp cocktail sauce. Because it's arriving Thursday, I think. Thank God. God bless Amazon. And I cannot wait to make the family try it. I can't wait to, you know, have my son and my daughter, like, trying a little shrimp cocktail Although I probably shouldn't put the whole shrimp cocktail sauce on there. Because no. Yeah. Can you delete this part? This is probably like a you know child protective services situation. <laughs> Talking about making my kids eat the shrimp cocktail from St. Elmo's. Probably need to oh, clean man, that out. Hey, man. I'll, I'll send to
2: mine Maryland over now. there with the Lysol.
0: He'll put the there fire you
1: go. out. We'll put the fire out with the Lysol. It's like, what was that? My, my, my big fat Greek wedding with the, the Windex? Yeah, the wind. Yeah, with the wind. Yeah. Put, put
2: a little index on it. Put
1: a little index on it. <laughs> close everything. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Mark. Thank you so much for giving us the time. And honestly, course, we could guys. talk for three, four hours here. And it's just always great to, to, you know, have you here and have you sit down and share your knowledge. And and especially now that that you have been down in Indy, it's it's been, you know, something that's been coming for a long time and I'm glad you finally got down there and we want to have you back real soon just you know maybe a week before the draft if you could fit us into absolutely. your tight schedule absolutely you know, guys, it,
1: I, it, I love coming on you guys are my boys it's always a blast oh, well
0: guys, we love having you back. here and, and this was really needed because all this you know Brady speculation and you know lip reading stuff I mean we were both fit to be tied yeah. last he week we
1: said right. this guy he said yeah. this guy. He didn't say he's not. He said this guy. Yeah. We've all been in that situation where one of your friends makes an absolute fool out of you. And you're just like, oh, this yep. guy. Look at him. That's what he said, okay? I will go to my graves thinking that. Yep.
2: There you go. You know, it, it's, it's, it kills me. They, they don't even – there's no mic on the on the question that was asked. And, and this – God, man, just stop, people. Just let Tom <laughs> look, go man, out and enjoy himself. we got to fill the and, air
1: time. we got that two to six slot. Got yeah,
2: to fill it somehow.
0: Well, I'm going to end the show with this thought. And I hear, you know, like every week it's somebody else. And this weekend it was like, I, well, thankfully you were gone through it, so you missed a lot of it. The talk all weekend was, oh, the Patriots are going to move on from Tom and bring in Andy Dalton. And I was just like, just stop. Yeah. And somebody said, why? What's wrong with that? And I was like, okay, let, let's put it in terms that we can all understand. You're living with Giselle, and you're going to trade in Giselle for Rosie O'Donnell. Okay, so why do we want Andy Dalton?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, look if if the choices are going to be Andy Dalton or Jared Stidham, let's mm-hmm. roll with Jared Stidham and see what the kid has. Because if he doesn't Me have too. it, we're going to be picked right. at the top of the draft board. And hey, Sunshine's coming to town next year. Okay, that's it. So. <laughs>
2: And um and, and on that note, you know, Josh Rosen is out there, people. Still the best quarterback I, that dream in that will draft. not
1: die. That dream it will not die.
2: It will not. <laughs> no, I won't let it happen. I won't let it happen. And I'm glad that you're sitting on the, on the couch next to me on that, Mark. It makes me yeah. feel really good. That would Before be the, the you go, bud.
1: Patriots than ever would be to somehow, you know, trade like a fourth. For Josh Rosen mm-hmm. at this point, and then suddenly it. turns it around into New England. Oh my God! The the rest, <laughs> I mean, fans of thirty one organizations hate us as it is. Right? Imagine what would happen if suddenly the Patriots resurrect Josh Rosen and he's out there. You know, they're making deep playoff <laughs> runs and they win a Super Bowl with Josh Rosen. Oh my yep. goodness! As They're I, as I tweeted team. out the
2: other day, man, we have we 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 have the technology. We can we <laughs> can build ah, them. better, <laughs> stronger, <laughs> faster. Yes, we bring me Josh Rosen right now. <laughs> before you split bud tell tell people just a smattering of where they can read you where they can follow you on social
1: media because i, I honestly but i can't keep up anymore neither can i buddy i have no idea where i'm hired <laughs> <at this> on <point. laughs> contracts what um easiest way is twitter because that reminds me as well what i have to do each day um at mark schofield mm-hmm. on twitter um Inside the Pylon, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, three SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, Pats Ball, But And now USA Today, <laughs> Touchdown Wire, um, reunited there with my you boy, Doug Farrar. I'm um, going to be doing some stuff over there. we got winners and losers from the Combine that's up. We've got 11 quarterback draft fits that's up. We've got my first post-Combine mock draft. where, Yes, friends, the Patriots trade out of 23. I'm just prepping you for that <laughs> right now. They trade out of it <laughs> 23. It. But <laughs> Indianapolis – They've got picks at 34 and 44. I think that's a very convenient trade partner. So I'm just floating that one out there. Indianapolis Two-thirds comes up. And a f- they grab. Yep. Yeah. They grab Jordan thirds and a first in
2: 2025. Out. That's what they're trading
1: out for yeah.
2: right now, folks.
1: <laughs> like some backup <laughs> lawn snapper or something. But it gives us something to talk about. Who's who's still doing a hitch in the Navy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when he gets back from golf, she'll be there.
2: Folks, this is why we are the most listened to, downloaded podcast on six different planets, and 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 so help us, God. One day, one of them will be Earth. Mark, thank you so much. Thank you so <laughs> much God. for being here. <laughs> hey, thanks
0: again, Mark.
1: Thanks, guys. All oh, right, with God. that, I
0: think I think we've hit on all the high points today. So mm-hmm. let's put a bow on this. We want to thank everyone for listening we want to thank everyone for uh being there for us always and obviously thanks to mark schofield great stuff from mark today that was really just awesome and it was very oh needed god. i i think both of us were we needed to talk really football stuff
2: <laughs> oh my god man we do just sat here and we put our, our our families through this every year when we were um when the combine comes around and now the wife's got to put up with it in prime time and shit. And she's just, you know, amazing. And so we want to thank our families (laughs) (laughs) because usually we can do this shit during the day, but we can't, but no, we've just been bleeding for this and bleeding for this and just so sick of the garbage. It's just so great to sit with somebody that can talk football with you and, and is, is not about rumor mills and, and, and body language reading and, and, you know, lip reading reading and whatever. Fuck me, man! Fuck me, purple. <laughs> oh. All right.
0: So, so we'll be back next week. Um, we already have our guests lined up, don't we?
2: Um, I, I believe so. Oh, God, okay. I mean, you can put we'll, spot we'll, now. we'll, we'll confirm
0: know. on that before we announce it. But <laughs> well, yeah. I
2: gotta confirm. on that. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. Danny Picard's gonna join us next week. That that'll be. A he is. Jo- okay, he We're- is confirmed. Yep, Danny yep. has confirmed for for next week. I just remembered that, so you know, we'll we'll talk some Patriots, and of course, then I'll just shut up and let Steve and, and Danny talk about the Bruins for forty five <laughs> more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: you know, I I got to get my my Bruins fix in while uh, Danny's on, so.
2: That's you it, know. man. That's it. I, I get my, my fantasy football fix, and, and Steve gets gets his Bruins fix, so we're, we're good. So Until then, we're out of here. He is Steve Balistrieri. I am Thomas Murphy. You guys know where to find us, otherwise you wouldn't be here. We'll talk to you next week on One Patriot's Place. How about those Pats?